When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. and <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide DeleteMe with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have DeleteMe. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. DeleteMe is not just a one-time service. DeleteMe is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Are you having moments when you're thinking, is this really my life and all my career will be? I'm here to tell you that yes, you can grow into your purpose with your career and make a big impact right now. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Gaines. It will expand your brain. Do you fear that you can't make a career transformation because you feel stuck? I found that elusive question of what do you want to be when you grow up even hard to answer now. But our podcast guest, Ayana Angel, host of the podcast Switch, Pivot, or Quit, and a published author, is here to show you how you can transform your career for the new year. So I wanted to know, how can you grow into your purpose with your career? 
Yeah, I just wanted to start out, you know, you talk about this career transformation that you've made yourself. I don't want to spoil any of the thunder I want, I want to hear in your own <laughs> voice, but I'd love to know what are the, some of the things that you learned about growing into your purpose and really, really figuring out that that transformation was so necessary to your own personal career success? So, you know, it's so funny early on, I never knew that I needed to grow into my purpose. I, I, <laughs> I really didn't. I was, I was checking all the boxes, right? So I was doing all the things that were expected of me, graduating from college, getting your first good job. I'm using my air quotes, you know, like all of these things that having a 401k, all of these things that you think you're supposed to do. So I wasn't really worried about purpose. It wasn't until I got into my career a number of years before I started thinking, thinking the thoughts of what's next, what else, should I be doing something bigger, is the work that I'm doing meaningful enough, do I want to be doing this forever, and you, all these questions started coming up, and it really started to take shape when I decided to do this side hustle. I had a jewelry business on the side, and it was doing really well in terms of press and media coverage and everything and people wearing the jewelry. We had Beyonce wear the jewelry. We had all these celebrities, Alicia Keys, all this great stuff, right? So that gave me like this fuel and this energy from a creative side. I felt like I was tapping into more than just what I was doing on the nine to five side with being like a sports entertainment publicist. It was giving me an outlet and something else to sort of like buy into. But then I also started thinking like, what I'm doing nine to five, this sports PR, which can sometimes be a very thankless type of career. You know, everybody wants you to get and do certain things, but then there's very little fanfare once it's done for you. You know, it's, it's all about, you know, the person that you're doing it for. So I started thinking like, what do I want my impact to be? And I really started having this nagging feeling that my purpose was larger than what I was doing and that the impact that I was making day to day wasn't big enough. And I didn't know who I needed to be impacting, but I just knew that I wasn't making the type of impact that I could be making. I felt I had this nagging feeling like there was something bigger. So it wasn't until I really started digging in and trying to figure out what was driving me, what was I good at, and answering those questions, which was a journey in itself. That was the time where I started to realize that. I needed to make a switch pivot or quit. And this was before switch pivot or quit was a thing. Like I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. I just knew I needed some transition. So I did all, a lot of the personal development work and then I came to writing. And through my journey of writing, I had a book that was traditionally published and that worked out amazing because I had no um, idea what I was getting myself into, nor did I have any connections in that space. So I just learned everything as I was going. And, you know, it was a blessing to get a traditional publishing deal. But after that, I started to experience a lot of people coming up to me or reaching out to me, expressing how proud of me they were and how much I had inspired them by my journey. Now, when I set out on my journey, I didn't even know what the journey could look like or would look like. I didn't set out to inspire anybody. I set out to change my situation that I was no longer content in. I think through getting the feedback from other people and seeing how my journey was impacting people, 
that started to make me recognize and sort of identify a purpose within all of that. And that's the long story of how I got to this point. <laughs> I love I love the story. I, I, I'm curious, do you think that, that it's something that we have to go through a little bit of our career? We have to go through a few years at least before we can have a position where we can think, okay, what is my passion? What mm-hmm. are those things that I like? Or do you think you could do that when you're, when you're rolling out of college? No, I think you have to have some years under your belt. And the reason that I think you have to have some years under your belt, is, is, at this point, it's not just about the experience thing. It's more about the life thing. You know, you, you, you start out in this position where you're going from high school to college and everyone's asking you, even before you make the transition to college, everyone's asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You don't really know. All you know is what you're exposed to, right? And some of us are exposed to more things than other people, fortunately. And and some people just have very limited exposure. So their ideas of what they think they can be or what they may want to be usually have something to do with their parents, their background, something that they see around them, or careers that they that their parents deem successful, which they in turn deem successful. And usually it's money driven, right? It's like, oh, you want to be a doctor? You want to be a lawyer? You want to be something that's going to generate a lot of income for you and security. So you're asked this question and you're faced with this question so early on, you're pressured almost into making a decision when it's time to go to college because you have to decide a track. You have to decide a concentration. You do it. Even if you don't really know, even if you're not really sure. So by the time you get out into the world and you've decided this track and you've settled on it, some of us get out into the working world and immediately know this is not where I'm supposed to be because this, I didn't even feel connected to this when I was doing it in school. I just had gotten so far into it that I felt like I needed to keep going with it. So now it's just about a completion thing. And then some people get on the other side of college and they still think that that's what they want to do, but they need time to work their way through all of us. We all need time to work our way through ourselves as a human being. It's not about school anymore. It's not about checking the boxes. It's not about showing up somewhere and trying to be the best that you can be. It's about who are you inside? What makes you tick? What do you connect to? Who do you connect to? What makes you get excited? You know, what drives you? Where are your natural interests? Sometimes we have to suppress those natural interests because of all these outside factors, you know, namely family, friends, all expectations, all of these things. So I think when you get, when you first get into a job, it's okay, especially when you just graduate, it's okay to know that maybe this is not your forever, but I think that you really start understanding more about yourself, how you show up, what your likes and dislikes are, what your interests are, um, what type of people you gravitate to, what type of situations you gravitate to, what type of situations you thrive in versus those that you don't. You start to really understand all of those things once you've been out there in the world a bit. And when I say out there in the world, that means working as well as just existing and living. I think that expectation piece is so key. And I think about that a lot. I hear that in a lot of different stories. And Mm -hmm. I know from my personal experience, my parents have always been the type of people who have said, go dream, do 
put mm. hard work behind it. Like there was never anything that I said I wanted to do that my parents were like, oh, I don't think you should try that or I don't think you should do that. <laughs> and it gave me such confidence to start my own business in college and really to do a lot of the things that in my life that maybe would have been fearful or blockades for other people. And right. you know, hearing your story, I, I think is so powerful because you you figured out what your purpose is. And yet there is for so many of us that little voice in our head that that starts, you know, talking to us and acting mm-hmm. up when we start thinking about passion and can we make money at passion and the things that we love to do. And I think there's a lot of people and maybe you might have this in your in your family of origin or with your friends or with your spouse who are telling you, no, you you can't do that or you can't be right. that. You know, or or following after your passion is just it's ridiculous. It's not mm-hmm. ever going to turn into anything. You know, what would you say to to somebody who is is in that place where they're they're really passionate about something, and yet there's all these voices and expectations on them? Now, how how can they figure out whether this is something they should chase after or not? Mm-hmm. I think the best thing is to dig, start digging in and trying it. Um, I do I do feel that sometimes what you're passionate about might not be the thing that you make a living at, but great point. Great point. There is something to be said about having an awareness of your passions though, so that you can incorporate them into your life in different ways. There could be a scenario where nine to five, let's say, let's just say you're a lawyer, right? And let's just say that you're maybe not a trial lawyer, but you have, you found that you have this passion for helping. Let's, that's just given the current climate of everything. Let's say you found that you have a passion or a soft spot for helping um, immigrants and people that are fighting immigration cases. Maybe you're not a trial lawyer, but maybe what you can do is on the side, you can donate your time and your expertise and your knowledge towards something that you're passionate about, which would be helping these people within their litigation. Even though you don't litigate, you're not, you're not a trial lawyer. Maybe like you're a corporate lawyer. Maybe you deal with contracts majority of your day, but there can still be something within your existence that professionally that allows you to tap into something that you're passionate about personally. There's ways for things to align. Sometimes it's just more so a matter of, I think where a lot of people get caught up is you're so busy checking the boxes. One day you realize you checked all the boxes and you no longer want to check these boxes anymore. You're done. (laughs) And, And then you start getting to a point where you're fed up. Then everything is not working in your favor because you're telling yourself that it's not. You're sick of the job. You're sick of the manager. You're sick of the coworkers. You're sick of the environment because you are really just desperately looking for change. When in actuality, it has nothing to do with these people. It has nothing to do with this job. This job could be the perfect job for someone else. It's just no longer working for you. So I think what we then start to do is I'm not passionate about this. I don't want to do this anymore because this is not my passion. This is not my calling. Well, in actuality, if you take a step back, you could find a situation where you are not doing what you are per se passionate about every day, but there's a way for you to incorporate something that you're passionate about with your everyday existence. That so, is such great advice. I, I, I That is just... Such great advice that I think so many of us get in the trap of thinking, 
oh yeah, we don't like this. This is uncomfortable. This can't be nothing anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this all or nothing type of situation. And I had to learn that. I really had to learn that as well. You know, it's not always everybody else's fault. Sometimes you have to figure out too, what can I do different that can help this situation to be more um, of a likable situation for me, more conducive to what I actually envision it being or my happiness or all of those things. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes other, other cultures and stuff, they laugh at us because we throw this word passion around so easily. It's like, oh, I'm not passionate about it. I can't do that. I want to do work that I'm passionate about. It's not always about our passion, but there are ways to incorporate your passion within how you show up in this world. And believe me, if there is something that you are truly passionate about, you are going to find a way for it to exist in your world. If you're passionate about it, there is no way for you not to. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier, and I'd like to dig a little bit more. You're a host of this amazing podcast, Switch, Pivot, or Quit. And I'm addicted to it. I don't work in the corporate world, but I I love the topics that you cover. Tell me a little bit about how did this idea for the podcast evolve, and how did you figure out the different topics or guests that you wanted to have on the podcast? It's so funny that you asked that because I was actually just doing a live pick my brain session um, last night because I do these pick my brain sessions because I realize that I have a wealth of knowledge that from all these years of working and doing all these different things that people can utilize. So I offer these services, right? And I was talking to this young lady and we were just talking about her podcast because she has a podcast. And I told her, I said, you cannot be all things to all people. There has to be a through line with your podcast and with your content because what I realized with podcasting is especially now with the popularity of it, there's always going to be people coming to you that think that they are perfect fit for your show. And so when I take it back to when I first started podcasting and why I started podcasting, it was all very organic in the way that I had built this platform online, mainly on Instagram, where I was uplifting and um, encouraging women to encourage each other too. So I was encouraging them in general, and then I was also encouraging them to be positive and be there for each other because I noticed that there was a lack in this space of women just supporting women organically and with nothing, no strings attached. And a part of me realizing that was through my own journey of making this transition, going from working this nine to five job you know, in sports PR to being out on my own, essentially, and being a freelancer and just realizing that, gosh, you really do need that support. And sometimes you don't need someone with their handout. You just need them to say, hey, you're doing a good job or can I help you in any way? You know, not not looking for anything in return. So for me, I also knew what that journey was like trying to transition into this space. And also, I was very naive transitioning into this freelancer space. I didn't really know what it was going to look like. I was not one of those people who said, I'm quitting my job to be an entrepreneur. Like, not at all. I would have <laughs> ne- never uttered those words. Like, never. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. 
Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. 
the price cannot be beat. And I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today. And I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses and I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm. Hey, did you know that 90% of people fall short of FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient? Yikes! Well, Care-of has created a great solution. Care-of is a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective, quality ingredients personally tailored to your exact needs. I have actually never had so much fun taking vitamins before. I took Care-of's fun online quiz and they made it really easy to figure out what vitamins and supplements I specifically need. The short quiz asks you about your diet, your health goals, and your lifestyle choices, and then uses those answers to create a personalized vitamin pack just for you. It's simple, only takes a few minutes for you to get your personalized supplement recommendations. And you get sent these packets of vitamins to meet your needs, and they've got your name on the outside. It was so much fun to pull out packet each day and see, hi, Shauna, written on my vitamins. Your subscription box includes individually wrapped packets with your specific vitamins and supplements for easy grab and go. This was perfect for me since I travel a lot. Care-of offers vegan and vegetarian supplement options to meet your dietary needs and even offers pre- and postnatal supplements with accompanying research to help mothers and babies alike stay their healthiest. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care-of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter my money. Again, for 25% off your first month, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code MYMONEY. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. 
Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the second part of the interview after we answer and ask Sean a question. Today's Ask Shauna question comes from Chelsea, and this is a great question. Chelsea says, I know that the length of credit plays a big part in your credit score, but I was wondering what your thoughts or recommendations are for when to close a credit card and when to apply for a new one after the account is closed. I currently have two mileage rewards cards for the same airline and was thinking of moving to a card that has more options. Thanks so much. Again, this is such a great question, Chelsea. I'm really glad you asked. This time of year, I get a lot of questions about credit score and credit cards. I think all of us are sort of acutely aware around this time of year, the end of the year, the beginning of the year, that we need to watch our credit score. We need to watch our credit cards. But also, sometimes things go off the rails a little bit, and we're trying to figure out how to work backwards and get those things fixed. So let me just run over a few thoughts for you to think about. Again, this is a personal decision whether you decide to close a card or not close a card. I know I talk on the podcast a lot about not closing credit cards. That's something that I do personally. And if I'm not using the credit card, I will literally tuck it away in a folder. Sometimes I even cut up the credit card. And just remember, if you cut up the credit card, doesn't mean the credit line is closed. It just means you're not tempted to use the credit card. You can always call the credit card company back and get a new card reissued to you. They are more than happy to send you a new card in the mail. I've even had people who have frozen their credit cards. I know it's crazy, but I really do know people who have done that. So they're not tempted to use the credit card. People will take them out of their wallet. I mean, there's a million different tricks depending on you and how you have a relationship with credit cards and with credit card spending. But think of it this way. 30% of your credit score is something called utilization. And the danger you get in when you close a card is that you're shrinking this margin. And the way this works is it's the gap between credit available to you and credit used. You don't want to use more than 30% of credit available on any particular credit card. So when you close a card, you're actually narrowing this gap, this margin. And for some, it doesn't matter. But if you have high utilization rates, meaning the balance on your credit card is super close or at the max to the amount you owe, you could really hurt your score by closing a credit card. Again, maybe this doesn't matter to you. Maybe you're not trying to buy a house or buy a new car or or open a new credit line. And so if your credit score goes down some, eh, you don't care. It's not a big deal for you. And your credit score will rebound as long as you're paying your credit cards down, using them like debit cards, and you're lowering your utilization rate. But for somebody who has a super high utilization rate, closing a credit card could have a dramatic effect. So what I like to do is apply for the new card that you're thinking about first. Again, if your credit score is good, above 700, don't know your credit score, this is a great reminder. There are so many free apps, Credit Karma, Credit Sesame. You can check it on NerdWallet. There are a million different apps for free where you can check your own credit. And again, it doesn't hurt when you check your own credit. So what I would do is apply for the new card, and then if I get when, I should say I get approved, I will then close out the other cards. So essentially, I've just kind of traded one card for another card, and as long as the available balance is the same on both of those cards, then I've sort of 
moved one from one pocket to another pocket. You might see your credit score dip a little bit, but I don't think it's anything that you should freak out about. Some other food for thought, if you close a credit card that is relatively new, meaning you just got that credit card, I would say in the last year or two, it can potentially be better for you with less impact since newer credit cards, they don't have as dramatic effect on your score as older cards. Again, a part of your credit score is the length of credit. So what I would definitely not suggest is close a credit card that was your first credit card or even maybe your second credit card because those really have sort of uh, been used to start the marker, if you will, for your credit score. And again, I, I would close a card if you're thinking about it with a higher annual fee, although I'm a big proponent of telling you that you can negotiate those annual fees away. I, I do it successfully probably eight out of 10 times, if I'm going to be honest, but eight out of 10 times is not a bad batting average. And all it takes is me asking a simple question. So if, you, if you're thinking about closing a card with an annual fee, I would try to get the annual fee waived before you actually decide to cancel that card. But if you're still saying to me, Shauna, I want to cancel a credit card, I would look for newer credit cards and I would look for ones with higher annual fees where you're in essence going to be saving money, putting money back into your pocket. But again, think about the utilization, that 30% number, because that's really such a big chunk of your credit score. The other big chunk, 35%, is just, are you paying your bills on time? So between those two things, that's 65% of your credit score. So you want to make sure that you're just doing this. I don't even want to say the right way because there isn't technically a right way. You kind of have to look at your own factors and your own situation before you decide what is the quote unquote best strategy for you. But that's a great question, Chelsea. Thank you so much for asking it. And hopefully that's given you a little parameters of what to think about. Welcome back to the episode. We're talking to Ayana Angel all about bringing purpose back into your career. So let's get back into it. What I wanted to do with the pot, with the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast was I wanted to create a space to have the positive and uplifting conversations and the insightful conversations that I would have wanted to hear when I was sitting at my desk in this office on the fifth floor, on the, I mean, on Fifth Avenue in New York City, in Manhattan. I, I'm looking out that window, like, it's so funny when the Juicy Couture store was still on Fifth Avenue. I, I don't think it's there anymore because they like, had all these transitions. But I used to, look, I could look out of my office window and look at that store and I'd just be thinking, oh, look at the tourists. Oh my gosh, it must feel nice to just have not a care in the world. You're on vacation. You know, like I was just imagining <laughs> yes. myself being everywhere but where I was. And so I wanted to create this podcast that could speak to women that were in the midst of that type of transition. You know, people are going through all these transitions in their lives, but sometimes the people in your life are not going through the same thing. So they don't know and they're not feeling the same things that you're feeling and they're not really interested in having the conversations that you want to have. So I wanted to create a space for people to be able to have Go, to be able to listen in on those conversations, to hear from people who have made some of the transitions that they're looking to make, to get some tools and some guidance in different areas. So I wanted it to be the podcast that I would have wanted to listen to when I was sitting there at my desk trying to figure out my next move. 
Yeah, so talking about transformation, with the end of the year, the new year fast approaching, I know there's a lot of people listening that are trying to figure out how to make that transition. And maybe there's, maybe they're scared. Maybe there's money involved or fear of the unknown. Will I be successful? All of these fears and worries that tend to come up when we're in those, okay, we have to make a decision about the transition moments. Right. How do you, from your experience, how would you help someone navigate or figure out the pros and cons of, is this the right time to to make that move? Or or maybe this is a, a better time to stay at the career a little bit longer. Is there a process that you went through to figure out if that transition made sense? Sure. I mean, I actually did a whole course on it. It's called Switch, Pivot, or Quit course. <laughs> because, <laughs> because to me, it's more about the personal work first. You have to do the personal development work in order to get to the professional side and to see your way clear. If you don't take the time to do that work, you might find yourself in a position exactly like the one that you're in, but just six months to a year later. So a lot of times when we come into a new year, people start feeling antsy and they start feeling this, this, um, this itch to want to move or to want to switch things up or to want to go bigger, be grander, do more. And a lot of our, our sort of like feeling behind that is you don't want to feel left behind. You don't want to feel left out. You don't want to feel like you're not pro- making progress like other people are. But what you have to do is take a step back and take inventory. Actually ask yourself the hard questions and understand what is right for you. It's what's right for you may not be right for other people. So you can't look at and compare yourself to other people and say, oh, well, you know, within the last six months of this year, so-and-so got a promotion and -and so-and-so got a promotion and they're doing so well. Maybe I need to switch jobs so that I can get, you know, a higher salary and a higher title. Like that's the only answer, right? It's not really about that. It's what do you actually want? What is your actual goal? And it's making, it's taking that inventory and really understanding and doing that self-assessment so that the decisions and the choices that you make moving forward can actually serve you. If you don't take the time to do that self-development work and that personal development work, you're probably going to mislead yourself. And I know that's yeah. strange, but, but it, it can easily happen. And I'll just, I'll, I'll give you a quick personal scenario. So when I was really, really like just, just frustrated and feeling like I needed a change and I was ready to make a move within my, my job, um, first of all, I was working at the National Basketball Association. Everybody, Which is amazing, amazing job, you would, you would think, yes. Exactly. And that's what I was just about to say. Most people were like, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. Why wouldn't you (laughs) want to stay there forever? Like, come on, this is a dream job. But for me, I knew that my purpose was bigger and I knew that I wasn't feeling fulfilled in the way that I potentially could be. And I was also feeling like my creativity was stifled. And now I realize that the traits that you needed for that job to really succeed and do really well and keep going with it some of those were not in alignment with who I was and the things that I put value on, you know? So you have to ask yourself those types of questions and do that type of assessment so that you can understand how you show up, how you want to show up and what you need to do to put yourself in the best situation to win. So what I was doing was I started, once I was like, oh, I'm over this. I started applying for all these jobs 
that were very similar. And I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't getting them though. And I think that was the universe, God, whatever you want to say, that was the universe's way of saying, no, this is not the direction for you. Sorry, maybe you thought it was. And because I was doing the personal development work, that hit me and it occurred to me one day. I was like, all of these jobs that I'm applying for and going in and having interviews for, there was a point in time where I would have gotten these jobs because I was that type of person that would get every job that I would interview for that I wanted, I would get it. So, and, and, and that was just, I think, based on skill set, look, whatever, all these other things, but th it just wasn't working out. So I had to take a step back and say, why isn't this working out? Well, at the same time, I'm doing this personal development work and I'm also working on things and trying to figure out what's my direction and things are starting to click a little bit. And so I think what would have happened was if the universe would allow me to go in the direction of getting this new job, but doing something similar, I would have found myself in the exact same position six months to a year from then. And I would have been thinking, oh my God, you know, I got to get out of this one now, <laughs> you, you know? And it did, it, it wouldn't have mattered whether it was a new year or not, but that's why I'm saying it when we come into a new year, that's when the majority of people start to feel that pressure. It's like, I got to change something. I got to switch it up. But I really encourage people, start with yourself first. Start answering, asking and answering the really hard questions. The really hard questions. Get into those and start really making a effort to understand yourself in a deeper way. Not just what motivates you money-wise or what other people see or may think about you, especially in this social media culture that we live in. No, really start understanding your person because that will make all the difference as you start to figure out and, and maybe make those decisions and try to understand what your next steps might be. And what do you think, I'm super curious to ask this because you've lived both the corporate world and the entrepreneur world. What do you think are some of the biggest lessons that you've taken away from going into entrepreneurship? Is there any, any tips mm -hmm. that, you, maybe some things that even surprised you? Oh yeah. There's, I've learned so much. Uh, like I said, I, I came into this sort of naive and I, I guess I'm glad I did because if I didn't, it might've been just way too scary and overwhelming. And I might not have taken some of the chances that I did take. Absolutely took huge chances and risks because when I walked away from my nine to five, I didn't have a job lined up. Wow, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. yeah, I wasn't looking to have a job lined up. I was looking to get my book traditionally published. And one thing is that I absolutely believed in myself. I said, I am, every traditional publisher is going to have to turn me down before I decide to self-publish. I was that confident in my project and I was that sure that I was going to make this happen. So one thing that I learned about myself is that you have to have like really um, streamlined and clear goals so that you can actually execute on them. You can believe it, you're saying it to other people, you're speaking it into existence, all of those things, right? Before, when I worked in corporate, mm, that kind of stuff didn't really exist. It kind of really right. wasn't concerned like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even know that I had major, major goals when I was working in corporate. I was just living life and everything was good, right? You know, until it wasn't. So I definitely learned the importance of set goal setting the importance of being um, very, um, 
having a vision and being very, very clear with what your vision is and going toward it. Uh, I also learned that I'm very disciplined and I didn't realize how much discipline being an entrepreneur or a freelancer working independently. I didn't realize how much discipline that takes. There is no one looking over your shoulder to say, hey, is that project almost done? Are you going to have this by noon today? Like, no, there's nobody <laughs> waiting to say that. So you have to be that person for yourself, even at the times when you don't really feel like it. So I learned that it takes a lot of discipline. And, and these are some of the things that I've, uh, discipline is one of the big ones that I've recognized to be able to tell people, if you know that you don't have discipline, follow through. If you can't hold yourself accountable for certain things, like entrepreneurship might not be the thing for you. Because it is not for everyone, right? And it's also certain, I realize that there are certain traits and skill sets that entrepreneurs have. And it's not to say that you can't develop these things, but you have to be willing to develop these things. If you're used to, if you're a taskmaster and you're used to somebody telling you what to do and then you just knock out the list, you're probably not going to be the best entrepreneur because there's nobody to task you with anything. You have to task yourself, you know, and then there's also the leadership piece too. a lot of people go into entrepreneurship and have never been a leader before, but yet they think they're going to start this business or they want to start this business and this company and they're going to lead all these people and everything. Well, do you know the first thing about being a leader? Do you, do you really know what that takes? Are you equipped for that? Do you actually have the skill set for that? And I'm not saying don't do it if you don't, because these are skills that can be acquired, but these are things to think about before you make that type of leap. So there's a lot of little things and big things that I've learned, um, but it's been a journey. And, and, I, and I do think that if you're going to venture into entrepreneurship, you should try and find out as much as you can in terms of what you're planning on doing and how you want to show up before you actually make that move. That's such great advice. You know, and I have loved hearing your story. I know we've only tipped the iceberg, but <laughs> if you can leave listeners with just one tip to switch, pivot, or quit in 2019, what would that be? I would say my number one tip to make a switch, pivot, or quit would be to tap into the most fearless side of yourself. We all have this side that said, if no one was watching, if I weren't going to be judged, if, 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 I would do X, Y, Z. Start trying to really tap into that most fearless side of yourself. And if you need a way to ease yourself into it, challenge yourself to do some of the little things that scare you and that maybe you wouldn't do. So for example, um, before I made my big leap, I guess you could say, and made the switch pivot or quit, I, I, I took a flying trapeze class over there. Whoa. Yes. On the side, on the West side highway, like where Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker took her flying trapeze class in Sex and the City. I took that class. Terrified. Oh my gosh. I went to climb up the ladder. You have to climb up this ladder. And I'm not the biggest like heights person. Like I'm not deathly afraid of heights, but they're also not my BFF either. So you have to climb up this ladder, which looks like the ladder that's on like the side of the house type of ladder, not like some crazy professional ladder. So you climb up this ladder and you get to the top. You have to put your, your, your feet, your toes over this ledge, over the ledge. 
you have this harness on and there's a woman behind me who's like, I'm going to grab a hold to the harness. You put your feet over the edge and lean forward. Oh, so you want me to pretty much pretend like I'm about to fall off of here <laughs> and you're going to just hold me? Okay, that's not scary. And I, and I was asking her 50 minutes. I'm like, are you sure? Are you strong enough to hold me? Because I, and I shouldn't have said that, but like she's a woman and I'm thinking we probably weigh about the same. Like, can you really hold me? She's like, I got it. I got it. I got you. I do this all day. I'm like, okay, okay. I was terrified, but I put my feet over that ledge. I let her hold me. I leaned out. And I soared. I flew through the air. I screamed. I hollered. But it was so exhilarating. It was so fun in the end. And I was proud of myself for doing it. That was me conquering one of my minor fears. So find Groupons or different things that will allow you to sign up for things and maybe intimidate you a little bit. But you can do it and prove to yourself okay, I'm being more fearless. I can get over this. I can get over this, you know, and you're just pushing yourself in the right direction. I even took an acting class where you had to get up in front of a bunch of people and do like this whole like monologue. Oh, terrified, but I did it, you know? And it's, it's just, it just gave me practice for conquering or facing the things that would eventually come my way that I knew I would be fearful about. But I said, hey, I've done this. I've done that. I can do this, you know? So that's what I would say. Start pushing yourself in the direction of being your most fearless self. You are totally inspiring me to be fearless for <laughs> sure in the new year. But tell listeners where they can tune in to hear your podcast, Switch, Pivot, or Quit, and where they can find you. So they can find all things at switchpivotorquit.com, all just spelled out. And you can listen to the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, and wherever else, Stitcher, wherever else you typically listen to your podcast. And I put new episodes out on Wednesdays and Sundays. Sundays are seven-minute Sundays. So if you're just easing in, that's a good way to get started. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free, and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora.